Namaste. So we have 4th April, the day of Sri coming to Pondicherry. And it's celebrated all over and um, normally celebration means event, seminar, this, that. But the real celebration is to understand its significance. And the mother has said it's um, not only new, it's new year for Pondicherry, if you look at it like that. Actually, in a certain sense, it's a beginning of a whole new era. And the reason is that before coming to Pondicherry, Shurabindu had already realized all the great realizations of the traditional yoga. He had the Nirvana. He had Vasudevam Sarvamiti. Nobody has gone beyond that. Jivan Mukta. He already had the Vedic realization of ascension to greater planes. He had made contact with the gods. And Buddhist yoga, he was as if born like that. Unattached, uninvolved, always thinking about the good of all. So he had all the realizations, um, Kundalini, Brahman experience before coming to Pondicherry. So what is it that impelled him to come to Pondicherry? And he, of course, outwardly or inwardly, it was the Adesh. And he had already been told in the Alipur jail that it is the divine who is, you can say the divine within him or whatever, that's a way of saying, but he's the avatar. So as the avatar, you veil that part of divinity, it has to manifest. So Vasudev, Krishna comes and tells him, I have a work for you to do. And you have to enter that field. It's a new field, completely new. Something which has never been tried or attempted. And that is what is called as the yoga of transformation. In short, it means that up till now, yoga meant delivering out a part of yourself which is always pure and divine in its essence. The soul within us. And because this soul is identified with nature, it thinks I am this, I am that, I am that. And behaves like that. But the date realizes that no, I am none of these. I am a portion of the divine, you are free. And the typical story which is given is that a lion cub was born when the lioness was being shot at. And the lioness died and the cub was born and it grew up with a flock of sheep. It's like the jungle king uh, or jungle tale, not jungle king. Jungle king is also similar, but that you know... Uh, Jungle book, something similar to that. But jungle book is about a human child. Here it's a lion cub. And then the lion cub grows up bleating, eating grass. Till one day a majestic lion attacks the flock and sees this fellow bleating and shivering. She says, why are you <laughs> shivering? <laughs> Please spare me, don't eat, don't make meat out of me. She says, but why? So he says, see I am I, I'm helpless before you. So he says, come. And he shows the lion cub his face in the water. And he looks at his face and then looks at the king, looks at the face, looks at the lion king. And then he eventually he realizes there is no difference, fundamental difference. And then this um, big lion tells the little cub, now roar. This is the story, you know, which Sri Ramakrishna has quoted and Swami Vivekananda has given. So this is what traditional yoga is about, that there is a part within us which discovers it's not a flock of sheep. It is lion cub. So you're free. But there is a part of the story which is not told. What happened to the flock of sheep? <laughs> flock of sheep is also a reality, no? <laughs> so within us, now imagine, there is a lion cub. <laughs> there, is also a, there is also a sheep. 
which wants to follow bedchal flock of sheep <laughs> this is also a little reptile we don't even know where it is hidden but it's there somewhere this is also a horse this is also a little human all these are there inside this is the problem of man he is a mixture of contraries and that's why even with regard to choices we were talking about see why choices don't bring very often the desired result in any field because of the contradictory wills one part wants this another this so they like you know you see those z television either say arjuna is shooting an arrow from there karna and they meet midway and everybody is what is going to happen and you also know ki nothing is going to happen <laughs> they will takara and the end of the story so our contradictory wills cancel each other a whole lifetime one stand spends trying and it doesn't succeed so to align every will towards the same and it's not as simple as it's not like coercing this will no follow this no it is bringing out the inherent divinity within every movement that is the challenge challenge is not discarding one set of movements and saying that's what she was saying in the previous talk you can't discard you have to bring out divinity in everything so this was the old yoga discover the sheep uh, let the sheep go and lion is there so what happens to these contradictory elements within us it is nature we are told and we are not nature but soul but what where did this nature come from why who put us in it and at the same time if nature will remain nature what it is then there is no hope of a divine life upon earth quite naturally so shurbindo's whole yoga is towards transformation of earthly life into life divine this cannot happen very logically unless nature also changes into its divine possibility and that's where shurbindo brings this element that even nature is a fall from a divine supernature and it's very very logical divine also has a nature we call him no dayalu kripalu and 100 things meaning thereby he has certain movements within him which are divine but here the same movements become something different so restore these movements to their original divine status to the divine supernature then you can have a divine life upon earth so while we talk about the soul being a portion of the divine even nature is a portion of or a you know a fall from the one original divine shakti and that's why in this yoga you have this double movement shurbindo and the mother where the mother works upon the nature of course she will liberate the psychic also because if you really work upon the nature the soul will automatically get free in fact it's not even needed because you have cleared everything where is uh, when nothing is dark here then what does it want liberation from <laughs> ignorance is already gone so this is the yoga but when shurbindo comes the journey started on 1st april it seems and 4th april he has landed here nobody knew he himself it's a new path it has to be explored discovered made ready he just have the orders go to pondicherry that's it what am i going to do in pondicherry so when he comes to pondicherry he is given the 10 limbs of the yoga as he says in his letter to barinda i haven't found the 10 limbs given anywhere in any of the writing but definitely the closest that comes is sapta chatushta where we see all the different aspects of yoga where in each part he talks about manifestation of the divinity but that's a different subject altogether 
So he as a pathfinder, incidentally the mother is doing the same thing on another side of the globe. If you read her writings and then in 1912 she has the same agenda which Shobindo has spoken of. But the mother's working is through nature because she has come to bring in the supernature. So he has to open the path, discover it, make it foolproof, experiment, try out. So it, it is something which has never been done before. Never even been conceived, not even imagined. At most we see some hints here and there. That it's that hint is like, oh there is this wonderful sun there. How nice if a mind could be illumined with that sunlight. At most. Which is like beautiful wishful thinking. And something of that ray comes and touches us. And you feel very happy because there is an illumination. You, you, you have risen into the rays, which is what the Vedics here called as the Swaralok, not the Maharlok. Maharlok is then you enter into that and vanish. So at least your mind becomes a luminous mentality because mind is the peak of things. But the rest of nature and then too it is luminous, not foolproof. And your heart, your passions, your life energy, your movements, your body, this all remain dark. So he has come for that which has never been even attempted, conceived or imagined. And that's why this poem, which I find very beautiful and so relevant to 4th April, The Infinite Adventure. Infinite because there is no end to it. There is no... This perfection is not something like you say, okay, I had it. Because the divine is infinite, so unfolding will be infinite. So this enthuses some people and some are scared because we want to have targets. <laughs> so, so the target is also there, find out the psychic being, <laughs> open to higher planes. Then once the supramental working starts, it's infinite. And the difference between now and then will be that right now it is a crossover from ignorance to knowledge. So there is a limit from which we cross into the limitless. But by its nature when we enter into the limitless, then where will be the end? And take an example of mind. Even mind is pretty vast in its domain. And mind does not come today. Mind was born with million years back when the first humans, okay, some people will say one lakh or one and a half lakh, doesn't matter. But then, and it had started analyzing the tools, discovered fire, that fire and today the solar energy, you can see the journey. Even in just the mind, there is so many possibilities and many more will come. So you can imagine the super mind, what kind of possibilities is going to create upon earth. So Shirobindo starts this poem, On the waters of a nameless infinite my skiff is launched. I have left the human shore. Now this human shore is all conceptions, everything. For this yoga, Mother says very clearly, there comes a time when you have to leave behind all your conceptions, ideas, even about God, about yoga, everything. And you hang with a thread of faith. All this idea, this is good, this is bad, this, I mean, not in the sense that do anything with impunity, but we don't know. You have to start with that utter state of humility that, Ma, I don't know. You show me the path. So it's like that. He is uh, starting the journey. I have left the human shore 
all fades behind me and i see before the unknown abyss and one pale pointing light you see when you go on the sea what happens you see the the waters are all around but there is one lighthouse at night you know that's all so one pale pointing light what does the lighthouse show you it shows that that's where you have to go so one pale pointing light but all around is unclear abysses after abysses you are on an ocean so in this yoga it is an adventure mother says that because it's not like um, shubindu says that you know there are yogas which are like a swimming pool where you start from one end and you go to another you know everything it's you know and there is a lifeboat everything is there this is a yoga where you enter into the ocean and if those who have the spirit of adventure they are fascinated wow something so wonderful no and especially when you know that the divine mother is holding us phir kya hai but those who want uh, comfort zones they will say no no you i will prefer that 100 dollar or 1000 dollar course where every day one hour i can sit and do this practice at the end of it i have this promised result this is not like that <laughs> this is a vast ocean imagine i i feel personally great joy in imagining that you are moving amidst galaxies because that's what it is where is the end of the exploration and the finding why should one limit one search so and that incidentally is youth many people want to know secret of youth huh? no advertisements <laughs> which vitamin if you eat you will be young forever which cream just have the urge to progress not to stop at any point and you will be forever young even at 90 ye nahi hua this poem i wanted to write i must write this it's manifesting then you will see that you will be always young because there is something in what is this definition of youth youth or a child even you are constantly wanting to progress what is the sign of old age hamare time mein hamare time mein hamare time mein <laughs> that hamara time is ended <laughs> and poor young people listening quietly okay papa my time <laughs> my time and then you know nahi nahi you don't know nowadays you people are all spoiled in our time okay fine you were all very good guys never told a lie to parents never did everything was according to the tick box we are the only bad guys if you go 5000 years back and see the actual um, documents you will see in every age this problem was faced by every young person 5000 years back same thing youth of today they are immoral they are this that <laughs> the difference is at a point of time 2000 years back or little before they poisoned socrates for doing this today you are not poisoned because the law will not allow you <laughs> same thing why was socrates poisoned because they said you are corrupting the youth 5000 years back shri krishna was blamed by burishrava on the battlefield imagine they are fighting a battle oh you have come for battle you are the one who has spoiled all the young fellows they should have listened to bhishma pitama it's because you have you know instilled all this inside them therefore they are revolting this is not our uh, way of life we listen to our grandparents 
Because of you they are <laughs> So if you go History of the earth So this is uh, Don't feel bad huh? <laughs> But don't repeat it When you grow into 80 Don't start doing this Beta <laughs> Say that I have to look forward and conquer So look at this How he says <laughs> So what he's seeing before Behind let it fade away so people ask, how do I forget the past? How do I forget the past? Don't forget the past, move into the future. There is no other way. If you don't move into the future, if you are standing on the same ground, you will never be able to forget the past. Because it is all around. Move to the future and you will see the past recedes. Because that is the only way. Turn your face toward the future. You know, Baba Amte, when he wrote to Shurabindu and asked, what do I do? The whole world, you know, I want to do this. But... Uh, Everybody is advising me against, should I listen to the world or my own calling? Shabinda said, when you turn your back to the world, the world will follow you. And this is exactly what happened. So he says that, look at the image, I am looking forward and the past is fading away. And then what happens? We are not alone. Such is one thought to live by. I have seen people going through depression and this... It doesn't always work, but some people it has worked wonderfully. I still remember one girl for five years, constant state of depression. I said, make Krishna your friend. And after a couple of years, suddenly he said, you know, it changed my life. Why? Because the moment you know I am not alone. She is with us. Then you see how life will begin to change. Make it a living faith. So Shivindu brings it so beautifully. An unseen hand controls my rudder. Hand with a capital H. I am in the boat. I don't know but who is the pilot? Unseen hand. Trust that pilot. We may not understand today but he has his ways. An unseen hand controls my rudder. Night walls up the sea in a black corridor. An inconscient hungers lion plaint and roar. Or the ocean sleep of a dead eremite. So he says, I don't know where I am going. Sometimes in life we do not know. Actually, most of the time we do not know, but we have the illusion of knowing. I know. You ask people, you will ask, so what's your plan? This, this, all the plans ready. Huh? It's an illusion. But But sometimes we actually do not know. Shubhindu writes in Savitri, When nothing we can see but drift and bail, a mighty guidance leads us still through all. So what we should do? We should just learn to trust that there is an unseen hand which is carrying us. So what he sees is the black corridor. Look at the description of the sea as a black corridor opening in front. Sea is a sign of, it represents the world forces with all its possibilities and impossibilities and challenges. Difficult. You don't know what the sea contains. And you see its roar, you see the tsunamis and you know it's there. And all that you can see is that one pointing light there and the unseen hand which is controlling the rudder. I feel the greatness of the power I seek. This is the difference. We are surrounded by what we think and what we seek. If I get on to a journey like this, and I say, I don't know, kya hoga, I am very unfit, I feel insecure. Then you will be surrounded by that. 
And if you say it is the Divine Mother carrying me in my arms, you will see that from the most impossible situations you will emerge like this. So one of the sutras in life is we are always surrounded by the things of which we think. So here Shirvinda says, I feel the greatness of the power I seek. The power you seek, the presence, the grace, the love. We do just the opposite. When life becomes difficult, we just say, where are you? I don't care. I don't uh, you know, turn to you. Whereas that is the time when you most need the divine grace. But to that grace we end up blaming. But it's not the divine grace. The play is not sim- as simple as divine grace and us. Otherwise life would have been very wonderful. There are many aspects we don't understand. But that is the time when we must totally cling to the divine. Carry me through this. But instead we end up turning away and against. So here he says, I feel the greatness of the power I seek. Surround me. Below me are its giant deeps. So what is below? That too is that same power which has gone into the inconscient. Below me are its giant deeps. Beyond the invisible height, no soul has trod. When we look, look at life with this one grand vision, where even night is a veil that the divine is wearing for his joy. He wants us to meet alone. So he comes in the veil of night, darkness. Nobody is around you. You say, I am so alone. So he'll say, I am there. Come, let's play. Why? Because it's so beautiful to be alone with the divine. And in daylight, everybody around you, there is a... People often say, no, life may wo nahi tha, ye nahi tha, this person. Two truths, complementary, and the third one which comes along with it, we must always remember. One is that we are all alone. When what will happen, you don't know. <laughs> so we are, even it's logical, practically we are all alone. Second, the whole world is with us. You fall on the road, who will pick you up? You don't know. You may be thinking, oh, my beta, my beta, my beta. But when you have fallen, your beta is in London, he doesn't even know. This happened when Kavita had this head injury, my wife and you know one auto rickshaw fellow has picked her up, she was unconscious and that too somebody said ashram or ashram, she doesn't lose, She's the least unlike ashram, you know with a proper nicely neat sari and bag and somebody had this same idea and she was brought to the ashram nursing home, she could have been taken to GHO anywhere, nobody knew and actually son was in UK, so I didn't inform him. He came into some awareness after unconsciousness. I said, now he is... He came to know through the Facebook. So he called me at 1.30 at night. Dad, what happened to mom? I said, who told you? See, it's all over the Facebook. I said, okay, you speak to her because you just... I said, she'll feel good. So who helped that time? It's not he. But yes, goodwill and everything. It's that man, not even me, nobody... It's that man, auto rickshaw, passing from behind who has helped. How, you know? So, this is the two truths. One is that you are all alone. Second is the world is with you. And the two are reconciled in the one presence who is all the time within us and around us. In the divine, these two states are reconciled. Because we are never really alone. And the whole world is nothing but the one divine. So, when we look at life in that totality, which is only possible when we look at it from the divine presence, then life becomes wonderful. So, beyond the invisible height, no soul has trod. 
people want to know acha what will happen when the super mind is there tell me what will happen are have some joy of the journey no this such a delight and how can everything be explained imagine somebody has never gone to mansarovar only knows the kingfisher and you explain to him that it's a bird you see there a swan hans bolte hain acha okay what is it like it flies okay good ostrich nahi ostrich is land creature it's white in color oh kingfisher i have understood now you can't the fact is you have to travel and there is a joy in that travel enjoy the journey also and then he says i shall be merged in the lonely and unique if one is afraid of being lonely the spiritual life is not for us let's be very very clear in fact one of the signs of the spiritual readiness for the spiritual life is you love to be alone why not you can be with the world but inwardly if one is afraid of being lonely so it he says lonely and the unique there is only one who is always with us so i shall be it doesn't mean don't don't meet people by all means everybody is there but don't be afraid of being lonely i shall be merged in the lonely and unique and wake up and wake into a sudden blaze of god and then when the light comes you see him everywhere so this is the passage one has to go through where one is alone with none else but the divine and then when you come out you see the divine everywhere you can't jump suddenly otherwise there will be confusion discover the divine presence it's a narrow path the mother says you have to then not this not this just the divine presence you enter find lonely and the unique after you have discovered here also here also there also all is divine so this sometime we try to jump the path and say oh all is divine that creates a confusion first discover the divine and for that one has to take this approach that none of this you have to you know stay away from things which distract you detract you which will come in the way of your discovery of the divine you have to do all that then when you have discovered the divine then you can go anywhere and say it is he is here also here also and you will smile at life so but if we it's like without going through graduation you can't go to the phd level you have to first discover the divine within and that requires this narrow passage and then the wideness so that's what he is describing i shall be merged in the lonely and unique and wake into a sudden blaze of god the marvel and rapture of the apocalypse and then when you see the divine everywhere then life begins <laughs> life grows beautiful rapture why rapture first is peace merged in the lonely and the unique when you are totally detached from the world the world is destroyed it's like a transient storm and then you wake up to the rapture the dance of the divine mother in this entire creation then leaf and grass and bird and beast and friend and enemy all 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 you see them and they are the manifold ananda of the one even an enemy who comes to fight with you you say that okay this is divine mother is approaching me in this way so everybody becomes aspects and portion of the one divine but first we must discover the divine so this is the infinite adventure shubhendu speaks about i'll read these last three lines i shall be merged in the lonely and unique and wake into a sudden blaze of god 
the marvel and rapture of the apocalypse. One short poem I want to just read with it here. It's very beautiful. So, Namaste. This is a small little poem and it uh, has the jayaka, the taste of Shurabindu when he came. What, how he must have felt looking at this world which he has come for such a work. You know, he has come with a project and he can't even explain to anybody what this project is. <laughs> what is he going to tell people? So he didn't tell any. Everybody was like having a less fair attitude because they didn't know what he's doing. And even after, much after when things were in a process, then also, you know, people didn't know. So this is a four-line poem which goes with 4th April. To the hilltops of silence. To the hilltops of silence from over the infinite sea. So we heard about the infinite sea, no? To the hilltops of silence from over the infinite sea. Golden he came. Supramental being golden he came. What is the weapon he is bringing with him? Armed with the flame. The flame of truth. The supramental truth. And what is it going to do? Looked on the world that is greatness and passion must free. So, yogis, we have this idea that they were very quiet with maybe, you know, lolling here and there and just giving you some Vedanta lecture, looking at the chadavas. But rishis of yore, they were experts in vidyas, they were active in life. We have painted an image, what a passion, what greatness and grandeur there is. There is no greatness in saying this world is bad and I want to just run away. This is in fact cowardly if you look at it. But there is greatness when you say that this must change. If it is dark, there must be light here in this darkness. If it is subject to death, it must change into its immortal truth. If there is hatred, love must express here in this field of hatred. If this world is prone to suffering, it must change into absolute bliss. If it is full of trouble and agitation, here must be created peace. This is the challenge. And Shurabindu comes with that passion and greatness, four lines, to the hilltops of silence. Not that he is just into, he is mounted on top of the silence. From over the infinite sea, golden infinite sea is the whole field of nature. He has mounted beyond it. Golden he came, armed with the flame, looked on the world that is greatness and passion must free. This is the work of the Redeemer, World Redeemer, the Avatar. Namaste.